When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He swings and it's a high fly ball, deep center field, it is gone, home run, and a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Flippin' Bats. It is Tuesday, and we have this week in Shohei Otani news for you. He is killing it right now by the way. So we'll get to that here in just a minute. We're also going to do a fun little buy or sell segment in a little bit. And we're going to highlight these rookies today. This rookie class this year is incredible. And they've slowly but surely started to really, really turn it on. So we're going to rank the top five rookies of the past week and talk about them and what they have been doing. But you know what time it is right now. It is time for my favorite segment this week. In Shohei Otani news, we're going to talk about his bounce-back start against the Red Sox. We're going to talk about his bat, and it is hot. And we're going to talk about the legend that is Shohei Otani and why it is time to put even more respect on his name. But I want to start with this past start on the mound for him against the Red Sox. It was dominant, and coming off a start in New York, Just like last year, he started against the Yankees in the Bronx, and he struggled. He did it again this year. He started in the Bronx, and it was a struggle. For whatever the reason may be, he didn't have his best stuff, but they were hitting him. I believe that he was tipping his pitches. A lot of signs point to that, and it didn't go well. It wasn't a good start, but I did sit here and say, this happened last year, and what he did is he bounced back and he propelled himself on the mound through the rest of the year, and he dominated. So I really did believe that Shohei was due for a bounce-back start. He's just too good. He's too talented, and on top of that, he loves pitching at home. So who does he have to face? The Boston Red Sox, who are a juggernaut offensively and have been playing fantastic offensively. But he pitched seven innings, one earned run, gave up, or had five RBIs in the game. I mean, he killed it in his outing against the Red Sox. Just absolutely crushed it on the mound in a bounce-back start when he needed it the most. Six Ks, got the win on the mound against the Red Sox. From the word go, I guess the word play ball in baseball, you knew he had his good stuff. You can often tell immediately when Shohei is going to have a good game. You can tell pretty quickly. But this year, what's been cool is even when he doesn't have his best stuff, he's able to kind of work through it and be better. But in that game against the Red Sox, he had his best stuff going immediately. He was throwing 100. His slider was disgusting. He was showing some energy on the mound. I mean, that is the Shohei that we know and love, that, that I know and love. We were seeing so much raw 
passion and energy from him. Even early on in the game, he would get a big third out and he would pump his fist and he would yell and he would scream. He was so animated that game. At the plate, I remember, he hit a foul ball into the dugout and he literally screamed so that people, he was scared it would hurt somebody. In that very next inning on the mound, he threw a pitch, the batter fouled it off. He screamed again, making sure nobody got hurt. He was so animated in that game. He was so into it. The energy, the passion was there. And he dominated a very, very good lineup. And I wasn't surprised in the least bit because we've seen it two years in a row now. He pitches in Yankee Stadium. It doesn't go well, and he gets mad. Shohei lives baseball, lives and breathes it. When he doesn't do something well, you better, you, you should bet on that next time he does it, it going well. He had a couple not great starts there in a row. And to top it all off, that Yankee start in Yankee Stadium was not good again. And he comes out against the Red Sox. Seven innings pitched, one earned run, six Ks, got the win on the mound. He also dominated at the plate in that game, which is what I want to talk about next. His bat, offensively, he is in fuego right now. Shohei Otani is on fire at the plate. And we saw it in that game that he, that he pitched against the Red Sox. That was the stereotypical showtime performance. He pitched great. He hit great. He had a homer. He had multiple hits. He dominated on the mound and at the plate. That is a showtime performance. Those are the ones that I just love watching because we don't see that we never see that in the game of baseball people can have good weeks or good games but they can't possibly have as good of a game as Shohei has if he gives a showtime performance where he goes out and dominates on the mound there were multiple innings that game where he would get a huge last out of the inning and then he would lead off the next inning think about that He's putting forth all of this effort, all of this energy, throwing 100 miles an hour, and then having to lead off the next inning, immediately running in the dugout, taking off your glove and putting on your batting gloves and your helmet and going up to the plate? That's unheard of. Pitchers these days, after a big inning like that, they'll come back in the dugout, they'll get a thing of water, they'll sit down, they'll talk to the pitching coach, they'll talk through the inning. Not Shohei. He's got to lead off that inning. (laughs) He's got to lead off. And he hit a homer and had another hit, a couple RBIs. It was truly an unbelievable game. He is hitting 345 in the last week, two home runs, five RBIs. That's in the last week. In the last two weeks, he's hitting 306 with four homers and eight RBIs. Think about that. Those are great numbers. 345 in the last week. Shohei is turning it on. He's turning it on. He's doing well pitching now. He makes the adjustment he needs to. And then he has a fantastic outing. But offensively, he said, it seems like a month ago, that he said he was close to figuring it out. And then we start to see more glimpses of it going well. More and more, we start to see, okay, that was a good game. But still, it seemed like he hadn't quite put it all together. Well, now over the course of the last two weeks, he's hitting 306, four homers, 
eight RBIs while pitching well? This man is a legend. And it's time we put the respect on his name that he deserves. Shohei Otani is a living legend. And it's time that we all appreciate what we are seeing right now. It is special, and I am sick and tired of hearing people this year when he does something to say, oh, well, yeah, you know, he's just, he's average. Like, he's having an average year. That is not the case. And we cannot compare what he did last year when he was a unanimous MVP to what he's doing this year and say he's being average. That's just not the case. Last year, he hit 46 home runs, had 100 RBIs, and hit 255 on the year. This year, he's on pace for more RBIs than that, has the same batting average, and he's on pace for 35 to 40 home runs. And it doesn't even feel like he has scratched the surface of what he can do. I tweeted this earlier this week. People just don't understand what we are seeing still. And now he only gets compared to last year when Shohei Otani was the unanimous MVP. This is remarkable. He's dominating on the mound and hitting homers. Don't ever take it for granted. I am tired of hearing people say uh, he's been average this year. At bare minimum, Shohei Otani is an above-average pitcher and a well-above-average hitter. He's well-above-average at both. This is a living legend that we're seeing. Appreciate it. Appreciate while we're watching it. It's special. You know, I I talk about all the time because just until the last week or so, until the last couple of weeks, he was he had the best odds to win MVP again, and now he has the second best odds, and they're neck and neck. He's neck and neck with Aaron Judge. And I will talk about that, and people say, "Well, that doesn't make any sense." He's at nothing about this season is average. Nothing about what he's doing is average. He's a legend, and we have to put the respect on his name that he deserves. I'll compare it to another sport. LeBron James, one of the greatest of all time. Many say that he is the greatest of all time, so he's in that debate. He has been in the league for however many years now, and he could win the MVP award every year. And you you could have a great argument for that. Shohei Otani puts up, MVP numbers, and does this, if he does this every year, what he's doing right now, he should be an MVP. But the nature of the beast is you're compared to what you've done in the past. This is special, what we are watching. And everybody needs to appreciate it. And it is special again this year. And his last start on the mound, we got another Showtime performance. Seven innings. One run, six strikeouts, a home run, two for four at the plate, running all over the bases. It was awesome. And I sit at home watching in awe. And I hope everybody else does. It is truly, truly special. And Shohei Otani is a legend. But that does it for this week's This Week in Shohei Otani News. All right, Producer Conrad, where are we going next, my friend? You know I get fired up when I'm talking some Shohei Otani, so 
Where are we going? It's impossible not to get fired up when talking about Shohei Otani. But let's move on to another an, another group of uh, players that are playing at an outstanding level this year. And you've been on the record for a while about this 22 class of rookies in Major League Baseball. So let's kind of go through a new thing we're doing here with a little head of the class where we kind of rank the rookies. Yeah, I would love to do that. And I've, I, I have said a lot this year. I think this rookie class could be one of the best ever. But, you know, it, they didn't start off extremely hot. They're all playing a little bit better now. And now that we're doing five episodes a week, it gives more opportunity to, you know, not have to pack something in three episodes a week. So what we want to do, head of the class, ranking the top five rookies of the week. So let's get into that now. And at number five, I have a guy that I really, really like with the Royals, MJ Melendez. This guy catches, he plays the outfield. I mean, this guy has been dynamic for the Royals ever since he came up. He comes up when Salvador Perez, friend of the pod, goes down, catches, and then Salvi comes back and has been on a tear, by the way, and MJ goes to the outfield. It's remarkable. He had two homers, seven RBI, a 940 OPS on the week. The man has been killing it. I'm excited for his future with the Royals. I know not a lot of people watch Royals baseball, a lot of it, but they got some really exciting rookies out there. Him being one of them and another guy that you'll see on this list, probably a bunch this year, and Bobby Wood Jr. But let's move on to number four on the list this week, top rookies. I have Spencer Strider of the Atlanta Braves. This guy, if you don't know the name, learn it. The Atlanta Braves have a bunch of stars. This guy is going to be a star. He throws a million miles an hour. Don't fact check me there, but it is hard, but it might not be close to a million. He's 1-0 on the week, five and two-thirds innings, eight Ks, zero earned runs. This is a guy that wasn't even in the starting rotation. He just comes up. He has an electric arm. And then they're like, hey, we need to put him in the rotation. And then this week, he's out there throwing close to 100 miles an hour with wipeout stuff in his, you know, one of his first starts of his career, just making guys look silly. Silly as a rookie. He comes in at number four. Number three on this list for this week's top rookies, Julio Rodriguez, the J-Rod show. You know, this one's interesting to me. Not interesting. It's just awesome i'm so happy for him he started the year off struggling it wasn't great but he has been killing it 250 on the week two homers four rbis six runs scored the j-rod show is the real deal as excited as i was to watch him and see him become a big leaguer i i'm even more blown away by what he has been able to do this year he has a ton of pop he steals a billion bases he runs hard. He plays a good center field. He is super exciting to watch. And this week, my first week ranking these rookies, he's already on the list because, of course, he is. Let's move on to number two on my top five. I have Bryson Stott from the Philadelphia Phillies. Stott had a great week. He also hit a walk-off home run on Sunday, which technically starts the week, Sunday through Saturday. On Sunday, he had a walk-off home run against the Angels in what was probably the craziest game so far this year. It was ridiculous. Got The Angels had a big lead, and then they blew it, and then they took the lead again, and then Bryson stopped, boom, walk-off, three-run homer. He hit 304 on the week, three home runs, eight RBIs. But I think this is a perfect opportunity to say 
I mean, these stats would still allow him to be here, but this isn't always going to be stat based. Not a lot of these lists that I do aren't, you know, there's certain stats are obviously a big part of it, but doing stuff like that in a, in a huge game, come from behind when your manager just got fired to hit a huge home run like that to propel your team on a winning streak that, that we haven't seen in Philly in a long, long time. He killed it this week. That, uh, that adds to his, to what he was able to do this week. But aside from, just that walk-off home run. He also did have a really good week as well. So who does that leave for the number one spot on my top five rookies of the week? Hunter Green of the Cincinnati Reds. Hunter Green showed flashes of when this year started being an elite pitcher in the game. And we'd all heard the name. We all knew it. This guy throws 100, 102 miles an hour. He's got great stuff. Can't wait to watch him. And he was great. For the first, what, four or five starts of the year? And then he went through a little rough patch. For about a month, he wasn't great. But he is back. He has been back for a few starts now. He's still throwing over 100 miles an hour. He's 1-0 on the week. 12 innings pitched, so he had two starts. 12 innings pitched, one run, 15 strikeouts. Hunter Green, since May 6th, 37 and a third innings pitched. 23 hits, 48 strikeouts in those 37 innings, and a 3.13 ERA. Hunter Green is the real deal. And he is a guy, when you look at this rookie class, I mean, uh, you went to the names this year of Spencer Torkelson, Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt Jr. Hunter Green has shown not only does he have great stuff, but he is an elite arm in this game and is going to be for a long time to come. So we're back to talking about the rookies. Uh, top five rookies of the week we did, head of the class. We're able to talk about a bunch of them. And in the first week, Hunter Green takes home that top spot. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Producer Conrad, where are we going next, my friend? Julio Rodriguez coming in at third. You watch a lot of him, I've heard. Yeah, J-Rod, man. It's been great. The best part about this, for I mean, and all these guys come from basically smaller franchises, uh, just smaller market teams. You get to watch these guys grow in front of your eyes. You get to watch them grow into superstars. And their rookie years are always so much fun because you never know what the ceiling is. There can be so much potential. Uh, but let's move it's on. It's about hope for those small teams. You know, totally. like, obviously, the Yankees can go out and buy a good team if they need to. The Dodgers can go out and and buy a good team and you know they're going to be good year in and year out. You know the Yankees are going to be good. But to have a team that isn't the biggest market in the world, the Orioles with Adley Rutschman, the Royals with MJ Melendez and Bobby Witt, the Mariners who are, you know, a, a fringy team with that, like, you know, they haven't had the success of late, but I think they can be a good team, and they've shown in the past that they're willing to spend the money. But to have a guy like Julio, for the Reds to have a guy like Hunter Green, like that's what this is all about. Yes. Those big teams, you know they're going to be great. You know they're going to be really good. And if, they, if they're if they not, they're going to spend money and they're going to become good. 
But for those teams that haven't been good in a while or don't have the means to spend the money like that or don't have an owner that wants to spend that money, which is a different conversation, you have these guys. You have the hope. And it's not just false hope. These guys are the real deal. There's a lot of real deal rookies out there that even if your team's not fantastic, you have you have some fun to watch watching every single night. And I think that's important. It absolutely is. But even even the big teams, I think look at the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Houston Astros. They all have homegrown guys that you root for more than anybody. You can have the Gene Carlos stand that might come in, you pay three hundred million for, but Aaron Judge is still the main Yankee on that squad. Same with the Dodgers, yeah. same with the Astros, like Jordan Alvarez. So again, homegrown talent. You love to see it. Let's. Uh, it's let's... always different being homegrown. Sorry, before yeah. before we move on, I don't know where we're going next, but it is. It's always different with homegrown talent. But I just feel like with the smaller market teams, it becomes a feeling of this is our savior. You know, like you could become this a legend. Guy, yeah, and this guy could change our our franchise forever. Like this could be our guy for, for 15, 20 years. And I just feel like it's a little different with other teams. Like, yes, you're right. The, the Dodgers certainly, the Dodgers get a lot of, you know, flack for buying players. And, you know, that's actually not true. A lot of their talent is homegrown. The Yankees have Aaron Judge. What the Astros have done is certainly very much so homegrown. It just is different when you have the smaller market teams because it goes from, hey, this guy's a really nice piece to our team. Well, you know, he's going to come up and make a difference. When you have guys like what happened with Adley Rutschman a couple of weeks ago, when he comes up, the Orioles haven't been good in years. They packed in Camden Yards because it's like, this is different. This guy can be our savior. And it's so cool to see that. It's so cool to see the impact that rookies can have on one side or the other. It's either this guy can be a big help for us, or this guy is going to like save our franchise. And it just, no matter what side you're on, it just allows for some hope. And that's really cool. I mean, it totally is coming from a guy that has every, every Julio Rodriguez and George Kirby start on like notifications. Every time Julio comes to play, I have notifications saying, Hey, you should probably turn your phone on right now. So I, I, to- exactly I totally it get says? it. Does it say, Hey, Conrad, you should probably get to a TV right now. I wish it would. I think my girlfriend would probably understand a lot more than what she does currently. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, let's move on to a little buy or sell. Have a little bit of fun to end the show buy today. Or sell. How was that? <laughs> It was great. Yeah, I'll give that an A+. Plus. Okay, thanks. All right, let's go a little buy or sell. First up, buy or sell the Atlanta Braves to win the NL East. Oh, ho, ho. the Atlanta Braves are and have gone on a very long winning streak. The Atlanta Braves, might I add, that I predicted to be in the World Series again and have said that I believe this team could even be better than last year's team when all is said and done. So do I buy or sell they win the NL East? I'm going to sell. Now, I still feel fine about my prediction. They can certainly get into the playoffs, and I believe they will and can. But I'm a believer in the Mets. As you all know, I've talked a lot about the Mets. I believe in how good they are. I believe that team is um, built to not tank, to not lose 8 of 10. And as long as they do that, they're going to be okay. The Braves aren't going to go on massive double-digit win streaks multiple times in the year. They're just not going to. But we saw it happen 
And in the past, the Mets would have lost six of eight. And next thing you know, the Braves are two games out. Well, guess what? They're still a good bit out. That Mets team is really good. I, I still think they are going to win the division. I do think the Braves get into the playoffs and are going to be a problem when they get there. But I will say sell on them winning the NL East. Oh, I got you. I just don't see where they're going to get their next loss at. To be honest with you, you they, know, they have, they have buy three. or sell producer Conrad. The Braves don't lose the rest of the season. I think the Braves can easily win 15 games in a row here. Look at their, their next six games are against Washington, Chicago. We'll see next up on buy or sell. This one's going to be tough too. the angels to make the playoffs. Angels to make the playoffs. Okay. I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy that. So, Let's look at this. How how? Let's look at the Angels' season in a nutshell. Please okay? do. Yeah, tell us. They start. They start the season fantastic. They look like and appear to be one of the one of the best teams in the game of baseball, and that's not a stretch to say that. Then it all changes. They go on the longest losing streak in franchise history. They fire their manager. But but why did that happen? Okay. Well, there were a lot of injuries involved. Taylor Ward, who has been a bright spot on that team this year and a massive part of that team goes down. He hadn't played in a while. Mike Trout goes down. Anthony Rendon goes down. The injuries built up with that team. And I'm not saying it was all injuries to blame because it's not all injuries to blame for a long losing streak for 14 games. That's not a managerial problem. I know it, the manager might hurt or might hinder it or might help it. He he did not. And th- that's why Joe Madden is gone. But it's not all Joe Madden's fault. It's not all the injuries' fault. There were a lot of problems there. But now we're seeing some of those guys come back. Mike Trout, who before he went down for the injury, was two for two. He went two for two in that game with a homer, another hard hit. Now he comes back. His first game back, two home runs. Angels win big time. They're beating up on one of the best teams in baseball, the New York Mets. Taylor Ward comes back here soon this team is starting to come back to the team that they were that we believe they were this team is talented enough to make the playoffs that's why i'm buying this is my roundabout answer of saying i am buying that the los angeles angels of anaheim are good enough to grab one of the now three wild card spots they're too talented not to buy the angels make the playoffs all right i hear you on that one Let's move on. This this it's getting a little bit easier for you here. Aaron Judge is the best player in baseball. <laughs> yeah, much easier. Thanks. Aaron Judge, best player in baseball. Okay, let's talk through this one. Aaron Judge right now is playing like the best player in baseball. No, no argument against that. He has the most home runs, he has the best OPS, he has the best slide. Like he's yes, he's Aaron Judge. I'm going to sell that he is the best player in baseball. I've thought a, I've thought a lot about this. I've thought long and hard. There's a couple of names that come to mind. One of one of which is is Ronald Acuna. Okay. Now now this is a tough one because I, I like to go to the argument of if I'm starting a team tomorrow, who am I taking? Who am I taking? And this isn't, take age out of it. If I'm starting a team tomorrow and I need to win for one year, I need to put together a one-year winning team. Am I taking Aaron Judge first? No. I think I'd go with, I think I'd go with Ronald Acuna 
Or another reason I sell Aaron Judge being the best player in baseball is Mike Trout. Mike Trout is one of the greatest of all time, and he's still playing, and he's still really good. And he had a couple of games where he he was out for a week, but we see him come back and he hits two homers in that week. This is similar to what we see with other players, with other sports. LeBron James is the great is one of the greatest of all time, but he's continually done it year in and year out and over and over and over. And we just start taking for granted what we're seeing. And he doesn't win MVP every year when he could. Mike Trout has won three MVPs. It could easily be five. He's that good. And he's going to be one of the greatest of all time. And he's still playing. And he's still young. He's still in his prime. So I'm going to take Mike Trout. Um, I'm Long roundabout answer again. Sell that Aaron Judge is the best player in baseball. But this is a tough one. And you're putting me on the spot here because he is currently playing the best. And he's currently on pace to hit like... 65 to 70 home runs, which is ridiculous. Um, but I, I'm selling. Yeah, I would have sold that you would have taken to Shohei Otani first. I can't believe Shohei Otani wouldn't be your first pick if you're starting a team today. No, that's that's a given. We know that's a given. Oh, so you had, you had two, know, num- two, two number one picks? Yeah, if I had a number one pick, I would probably take Ronald Acuna or Mike Trout because it's our. I, I'm like... I'm grandfathered into getting Shohei. He, you know, it's like, oh, Ben's the Shohei guy. He automatic like I start with Shohei on my team. You know, okay, automatic. All um, right. That makes sense. So obviously, and I would also throw like, yeah, you know, Shohei's in that conversation as well. I I obviously don't need to go on super long about this because everybody knows how I feel about Shohei. But he is an elite hitter and an elite pitcher. He's two and one. He's two all stars in one person. What are you doing? Not like what? What are we doing? not taking a guy like him. He he is two fantastic baseball players in one, and he's still very young, and in his prime, he does it all. So there's a, there is a, there's a few players that I would say over Aaron Judge is the best player in baseball, but nobody is playing better right now, so that makes this an interesting conversation. And a very, you, you threw this in there. That was a good question. You, it's a good question. Just ask him, man. The people want to know. All right. <laughs> We're actually going to stick with the Angels here because I found this to be absolutely hilarious last week. Buy or sell Nickelback for every single walk-up song. <laughs> you know, I <laughs> I am going to buy because, one, you, you got to change something up in a winning st- in a losing streak. You have to. You know why? Because it's never all your fault. There's got to be something outside that is that is messing up our mojo. You, you just got to change it up sometime. I've seen guys in locker rooms going on hit list streaks that have done some stuff that I can't repeat on this podcast. You see some weird things happen when you're losing. Weird stuff happens when you're losing. You got to change it up, though, because it works. It didn't work for the Angels the other night when they walked up with Nickelback and Shohei Otani had photograph, which was great. I'm buying it because I'm buying the thought process behind it. It didn't work. And say what you want about Nickelback. A lot of people don't like them. But I'm buying it because of the changeup. Follow-up question. If you had one band or performer for every single walk-up song on your team, who would it be? If you had one band or performer for every single walk-up song. So, like... 
they were the ones in like like they did with Nickelback the other night. Exactly. Saying, like exactly. everybody has. <sighs> oh man, this is tough. Couple things come to mind. One, Lizzo. <laughs> Two, Backstreet Boys. Three, I, I would just go from stuff from my childhood. You know, like just really taking it back. Lizzo's not from my childhood, so I don't know where that one came from. Backstreet Boys, In Sync, they got all the they got all the great songs, the, the all time greats. I'm throwing them in there. Maybe even some Aaron Carter. You know. Oh man, we're we're on way different uh, wavelengths here. I was thinking Gucci Mane. Gucci Mane has probably more hits than just about anybody that I know of since we've been since one we've been year young. in college. One year in college, my walk up song was Coldplay. <laughs> uh, you had just, you you had to have been the most hated player on the field every single game. So I don't know what I was doing. I don't know what. So that year I was I was Shohei Otani before Shohei Otani, and I was pitching and hitting. I was just throwing eighty and like not hitting hard, but I, so I was like, you know what, when I come out of the pen, I need to have like a, I need to have an intense walk up song. Um, so I, I had like, so you went cold play. Like, no, 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 that, that was my hitting one. So I had like red hot chili peppers, uh, coming out of the pen, like the same song that like Joel Zamaya had when he used to come out, but Joel Zamaya threw 102 and I was throwing like 82. Just kidding, being self-deprecating. I threw a little harder. But then offensively, I wanted to like change it up. And so I went slower. I hated it. My junior year, I switched to Levels by Avicii. And that year, uh, I was an All-American, had a great year, got drafted. So I stuck with Avicii throughout my professional career. So that was a much better that was a much better pace for me. Avicii is a legendary, his walk-up legendary. So yeah, I, by all means, no wonder you became an All-American off that. Just because of the song. Just thing. because of the song completely. next up you're actually wearing a shirt right now that kind of goes along with it but the entire baseball world saw what tony la russa did against the dodgers last week buy or sell tony la russa's intentional walk heard around the world (laughs) (laughs) sell sell i mean oh my god i don't even i could go on for hours about this but tony la russa walks trey turner in a one-two count a one-two count walks him, and then the very next batter, Max Muncie, hits a three-run home run. That's the baseball gods immediately stepping in and being like, "Hey, what? That? Hey, Tony, that was not smart. Here's here's your result." I mean, what are we doing here? You're pitching to a guy, and I know there's a pass ball runner moves and advances, but you got a guy in a one-two count. And then post game, he decides to go on and say that, well, do you know about Trey Turner once he gets to a one, two count? Is that really a question of what I would do? It's like, okay. So I immediately look it up. Trey Turner's a 197 lifetime hitter in a one, two count. Trey Turner's one of the best players in baseball. I love me some Trey Turner. Nobody is a Hall of Fame hitter in a one, two count. Not Trey Turner. 197 in that account. So what, what, what are you talking about? I tweeted this. Trey Turner is a 197 lifetime hitter in a one-two count. Those are the numbers Tony LaRusso wants everybody to know. I mean, this year, in a much smaller sample size, his batting average in a one-two count is like 250. But take over the, the whole sample size, it's under 200, under the Mendoza line. Nobody likes hitting when it gets to one-two count. It's not like I used to step up to the plate and be like, <laughs> can't wait to get to a one-two count right here so I can do some damage. It's ridiculous. Like I, I, the thought process behind it. And then he made the reporters in the room after the game, when they asked him about it, he made them like feel like they were dumb. So is that really a question right now? 
do people really think, do they know the numbers? It's like, no, but they will. Guess what? He's a 197 hitter. Is that why you walked him? Oh, thanks for throwing that in there. Fires me up. Sell. Hard sell, huh? Hard sell. All right, last one. Matt Carpenter will have more home runs than singles this season. (laughs) So Matt Carpenter has seven hits as a New York Yankee. Seven. Six of those hits are home runs. <laughs> I don't know what the other one, I don't know what the other hit is. This might play a factor in my answer, but current at bare minimum, he has, he has six homers to one single. I'm going to, I'm going to buy, <laughs> but why not? It's fun. I'm going to buy that Matt Carpenter ends up with more home runs this year than he does singles. Think about that though. Seven hits, six of them are home runs with the Yankees. That's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. So I think that is it for buy or sell, which does it for this episode. Thank you all for listening. This has been an absolute blast. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, rating five stars if you can, wherever you listen to the podcast. Doing big things here at Flippin' Bats, five episodes a week now. So liking, subscribing, all that stuff really helps. And you can follow along on social media as well, as well, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. They're all Flippin' Bats pod. You can watch the video of every episode on YouTube as well. Thank you all for watching and listening. This has been an absolute blast, and I will see you tomorrow for another fun and great guest interview. Peace out, my friends.